Hey, drama listeners, this is Dylan, and we have a brand new episode of Drama for you this week with the wonderful and lovely Nikki Renee Daniels. Of course, you know her from her a dozen Broadway credits, but also she recently starred in Once Upon a Mattress at New York City Center Encores. Before you jump into the episode, I would like to tell you a little bit about our Patreon, which is called Drama Plus. It's a $5 a month bonus platform where you get two additional bonus episodes every single month as well as Instagram close friends content, and so much more, including the love and affection from Connor and I. We're so grateful to everyone who has been along with us on this drama journey. The spring Broadway season is in full effect, and we have so much exciting content coming up for you all, and especially weekly Wednesday episodes of drama. Your support means the world, and we hope you'll check out patreon.com backslash the drama podcast. All right, let's get on with the show. Press play. Curtain of an hour in. It's time to taste in. The shade and tea to spill. Ooh, drama. Oh, that's a tweet. Did they book? Who got on the option? No, oh, I'm not well. What, what star will we talk to today? Oh, that's a gag, honey. Say no more. Drama. Drama. Welcome to Drama, a podcast that covers theater, pop culture, love, and life. I am Connor McDowell. And I am Dylan McDowell. Connor, you told me beforehand that there's so much that you want to discuss, and you came up with a list. I feel like we're recording one of our bonus episodes, ding, <laughs> which you can get by subscribing to our Patreon for two extra bonus episodes a month. Anyway, shameless plug aside, <laughs> what did you want to chat about? You effortlessly slid into promoting the the patreon which i love but dylan there is so much that's been going on it's kind of crazy i feel like january there's always this slump everyone wants to stay in everyone you know whatever whatever i sure did and then february just comes in guns a blazing or maybe it's because i stay in in january and schedule all my plans for february when i'm like more ready to enter the world i need to ask you okay you recently returned to Chicago. Not the city, but the show. <laughs> you know, what's funny about this is I kept telling everybody all week, oh my God, I'm going to see Ariana Maddox in Chicago. And not one, not two, but three different people said to me, you're flying to Chicago to see Ariana's solo tour? She does like some other These tour. These must not have been theater people. They were, which is like oh. embarrassing. <laughs> but no, Dylan, I went with our dear friend Logan to see Ariana from Vanderpump Rules in Chicago on Broadway. I, mm-hmm. okay, this is like so random of me, but I'm gonna say we got Broadway week tickets, which was such a good deal. I mean, we had front row mezzanine seats for literally half price. Like I paid more to sit, you know, in the back of a balcony at a show before, you know what I mean? So, so good. That's the perfect view. If you're seeing Chicago, front front mez. How were the vocals? They were good. Like, she's not... Yeah? I mean, I know she can dance. She almost went dancing with yeah. the stars. Yeah, so. she really held her own. She's not, like, the best singer you've ever heard in your entire life, but I didn't expect her to be, so... You can kind of talky. A Chicago, lot of it. But know? I forgot how much Roxy... Roxy is given a lot to do. She has to be funny. She has to be dramatic. She has to be... She has to dance down. She and do to, a cartwheel. Do a cartwheel, even. I know. She has to make sure that rag is hot and full of honey. So... Ariana did well. I'm proud of her. And I think she's only going to get better. Lots of raw natural talent. So it was I good. saw that they hit like a new grosses high with her in it. But I know. I love I love when those things come out. It's always like, well, yeah, because inflation and, you know, prices are <laughs> higher in general. But you know, I, this know. I know that happened like a year ago when Jinx Monsoon went into Chicago as Mama yeah. Morton as well. So that is so fun. 
Well, you know, we're talking about a revival of a, of a show. That's and true. <laughs> our, our guest today has been in a few iconic revivals. And some other just generally iconic projects, including coming yeah. off of something at City Center Encores. Much love. Not to not to take a line from Chicago, but it was the name on everybody's lips. I mean, everybody <laughs> was talking about Once Upon a Mattress. I'm going to read her in, and then let's jump in here because there are, I almost, ugh, there's just so much to get into with know. her because she's been in all of our favorite shows and, and oh my God, she also looks gorgeous and I'm blushing. And I know, she's stunning. Not to comment on women's bodies, but like she looks amazing. Like, anyways, <laughs> That's true. <laughs> all right. Our guest today is an acclaimed Broadway and television actress, concert and opera soloist, and all-around queen. She recently starred as Lady Larkin in New York City Center Encores' production of Once Upon a Mattress. Her fabulous Broadway appearances include the Tony-winning revival of Company as Jenny, and she also made history as the first Black actress to play Bobby. She's appeared in The Gershwins, Porgy and Bess, Anything Goes, The Book of Mormon, Promises, Promises, Les Miserables, Lestat, The Look of Love, Nine, and Aida. She played Martha Jefferson in 1776, also at Encores, and Rose Lennox in The Secret Garden at David Geffen Hall. She also made her New York City opera debut as Clara in Porgy and Bess. Regionally, I had to pick some regional credits because they're they're amazing. She's played Emmy in Carolina Change, Sarah in Ragtime, Belle in Beauty and the Beast, and more. She slayed as Angelica in Hamilton in Chicago, as well as toured in Little Shop of Horrors as Crystal. On television, she's appeared in Madam Secretary, The Sound of Music Live, and has performed as a soloist with numerous symphony orchestras across the country in Canada and at Carnegie Hall. Her gorgeous album, Home, is available where fine music is found and streamed. She is a mother, a wife, and we are so gagged that she's here with us today. Please welcome to drama, Nikki, Nikki Renee, Renee Daniels. Daniels. Hello. Hi. Hello, Nikki. <laughs> it's so nice to meet you. Thanks for joining us on drama. Of course. Of course. You just finished an iconic run at City Center. How are you? Are you well? I am well. I'm getting over a cold, so sorry if I sound a little bit raspy. <laughs> um, but yeah, the last week of Once Upon a Mattress, I was like, oh, because I had a cold, not COVID. Thankfully, I was able to sing through it. So yes, I am well now. <laughs> I love to hear it. How was that experience? Who who was the original Lady Larkin? Like who, who made that role famous? I don't know her name. I know Jane Krasnowski did it in the last revival. She actually oh. came to the show on Saturday and I was like, <laughs> uh, it's funny because a lot of us in the principal cast had never done the show before, which is I think kind of strange because at the stage where almost every person was like, I didn't want someone to mattress in high school or I did it in college or someone said I played Lady Larkin opposite my now ex-husband in college. <laughs> <laughs> like almost every program I signed was from someone who had done the show before. But out of the entire principal cast, I don't think any of us had done it or even seen it before. So it was kind of neat to wow. bring our own spin to it. And obviously Amy Sherman Valadino redid the adaptation, which was fantastic. Oh, she's such a snappy writer. That's that's yeah. so cool. I actually read Mary Rogers's memoir over the summer. And and I'm not familiar with One Spawn Mattress at all, other than Shy. And yeah. so I wish I could have seen it. But I, I saw the clips that, that City Center graciously posted online and you sounded so gorgeous. Oh, thank you. Thank you. With Cheyenne Jackson. I know. Isn't he a dream? He's a dream. Oh my God. <laughs> I've known Cheyenne hunk. for years. I've known him for years. We were both in Aida on Broadway oh. at different times. So we never did it together. But I, and he was also in Altar Boys with some of my good friends from college. So we've known each other. And then the only time we worked together before this was Secret Garden at the David Geffen where he was Dr. Craven. Oh my and gosh. I was Rose. So we didn't really get any 
scenes or yeah. anything to do with each other. So I was so happy to get to sing with him. Yeah, Aww. that's that's so cool. And of course, you worked with Sutton again because you did Anything Goes, right? Yeah. Yes. And I actually first met Sutton when I was in college uh, in the ensemble of South Pacific at Pittsburgh Civic Light Opera. <laughs> and she was Nellie Forbush. So that was wow. the first time I met her. That was before Millie mm -hmm. and all of that. Do you remember thinking like, oh, she's a star? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Speaking of college, you went to Cincinnati and I actually live in Columbus, Ohio. We're both from oh, Ohio. Okay. Mm -hmm. Oh, nice. Yeah. Was that a good experience living living in Cincinnati? Um, yeah, you know, Cincinnati actually is really cute now. I, I went back with the Cincinnati Symphony a couple of times in the past few years and it looks like a different city mm -hmm. than it was when I was there. Oh yeah, they've worked a lot on it. They did. It's really cute now. Yeah, I had a good experience in college, you know. Music theater programs are notorious for scarring you deeply. <laughs> and that's, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. But I, you know, when I went to CCM, like Shoshana Bean, Leslie Kritzer and Sarah Gettlefinger were all in like two years ahead of me. And so it was just like an insane amount of talent. So to get to watch, I feel like I learned honestly more from watching the students perform. They were really inspiring and my classmates were so inspiring. Uh -huh. What was like your uh, your your most memorable role in college? I'm just curious. Um, I would have to say I played Aldonza in Man of La Mancha, and it's memorable because I was so miscast. But Aaron, <laughs> I don't think I was very good in it, to be honest. But Aaron Lazar played Don Quixote, and he was amazing. Okay, <laughs> was I want to so see good. this though, regardless. He was so good. Tony Yazbek, who's actually directing this Children of Eden concert I'm about to do, was like his understudy. And like, you know, it was just, it was a great group of, of people. Oh my God, you, you're you like six degrees of separation. Yeah. You've worked with literally everybody. Yeah, <laughs> my friend Daniel, who's in Sweeney Todd, he was in it. He was Sancho. It was, I think I like just barely held my own, but I don't think I was anything amazing in it. But Aaron Lazar was truly fantastic. Oh, I love him. So you went to CCM to study, was it a musical theater? It was a musical theater degree, but when I went to CCM, the musical theater students took voice from the same faculty that the voice opera, like voice performance majors took voice. It was like one set of voice faculty. And in high school, I was really trying to decide whether or not I wanted to major in musical theater or strictly voice. And I just decided that I, I loved watching and being in musicals more, I think, than watching opera, even though I loved singing opera. So I decided to go for the music theater degree. And it was kind of a bonus because CCM also had an amazing vocal performance program. So in my lessons, I, I sort of treated them as if I was a voice major. And I would work on arias and, you know, I'd work on my musical theater stuff too a little bit, but I really took advantage of the classical training there. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Did you always sing? No, actually, I was so shy uh, as a kid. I was so shy. <laughs> I played piano for seven years. I can't really play anymore, unfortunately. And then I played the flute. I was in band. And I auditioned for the school musical, just like kind of on a whim in seventh grade. And I was so shy. I had one little solo line and I would get like yelled at because I wasn't singing loud enough. <laughs> And, um, but I really enjoyed the experience as a whole. So I took like this little voice class over the summer. It was like a group voice class and something in that class just like clicked. And I started taking private voice lessons. And from there, I went into show choir and all the community theater and all the high school theater and stuff like that. When do you feel like you had a ring of keys moment, a.k.a. you're, you're participating, you're doing all this, or maybe you're just watching and enjoying it. And you were like, oh, wait. This, this is my thing. This is my ish. I need to be involved like forever. 
Yeah, I, I would have to say we actually moved my sophomore year of high school from Rochester, New York to Atlanta, Georgia. And when we moved, I was like, I have to go to performing arts high school. I want to go to performing arts high school. So I got into the local performing arts high school and I got cast as T Moon in Once on this Island, which was my first role, like my first time not being in the ensemble. And once I got a little taste of that singing a solo <laughs> on stage, I was like, oh, this is, this might be it. Like, this is really, I just love it. I've always, loved theater since I started doing it. And so that sort of solidified it for me. Oh, and your parents were supportive. Yeah, they were, you know, I, once I told my parents I wanted to be an actor, I think my sophomore year of high school and my mom was like, well, you know, that's a really tough field to go into. And I was like, yeah, but I really want to give it a try. And she was like, okay. And like, that was it. She like only sort of gave me one little warning and then they just supported me. I think they could see that, you know, I I would do like vocal competitions and stuff and win them. So I think they knew that maybe I had something <laughs> to work with. So, you know, they they were always so supportive. My mom actually passed away like two years ago. But she loved the theater and she would come see me in everything. So did she have a favorite role that she got to see you do that she'd always talk about or something like that? I think she loved Hamilton. Okay. <laughs> Hamilton and Porgy and Bess were really her two favorites. Oh, that's so sweet. I'm sorry for your loss. <laughs> now, and you're a mother now yourself. And I know that, that you both of your, you both have two daughters, right? Yes. And they're both musical as well. Did you have to give them the uh, the due diligence of uh, the same little, you know, it's hard conversation? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I don't think they're super interested in it, to be honest. I mean, I think with both when both of your parents are on Broadway, it doesn't seem cool. <laughs> That's so just funny. like kind of like this thing that your parents do you know and there's they're like super entitled like when we go to shows they're like so are we going backstage <laughs> you know they just like assume that's like what we're doing or yeah. get to meet the lead or whatever you know <laughs> so I don't think they sort of understand that it's kind of a big deal to be on Broadway <laughs> and that lots of people all around the like world want to do it and your parents have done it like several times I don't think it's so cool to them so you know I'm not I don't want to be a mama rose and like push them into anything but they are both very talented singers so you know we'll see if if they if they find it on their own that's great and if they want to be you know a veterinarian that's also great (laughs) Mm -hmm. now I mean you were in Hamilton during the craze did that register with them like oh mom's in Hamilton yeah I think Maybe that one did, but just because unlike any other musical I've ever seen, like everyone knows what Hamilton is, like right. not just fans, like it's Book of Mormon, actually, which is what I was in before it, I feel like was the closest thing to that. Hamilton's just iconic. Like, you know, all the kids at their school are wearing Hamilton t-shirts and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So I think, but you know, when I was in Hamilton, my younger daughter was two and my older daughter was six. So okay. and okay. it's not, maybe if I was in it now, yeah. she might register that a little bit more, but just another fun show to see and when my six-year-old well now 10-year-old but six-year-old saw the show I asked her what was her favorite part and she said my favorite part was when the lady in red brought trouble to the town (laughs) 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 I was like interesting Uh uh (laughs) oh that's so funny now you have been working on Broadway like over the last two decades you've done like I said so many of our favorite shows and whatnot what I would love to kind of do is like kind of just cherry pick some of your different shows and and ask you just a little bit about each of them, if that's okay, a little stroll down okay. memory lane. Yeah. And I want to start with your most recent Broadway appearance in Company, which Connor and I saw one of your only previews in 2020. 
And then we got well, to come back and see it after you opened or right before you opened, I want to say in 2021, maybe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. What was your experience with, with company before, you know, auditioning for this Marianne Elliott production? I knew the show because I was a theater nerd and in high school, <laughs> I used to check out they were, they had these like anthologies of different scripts. So it'd be like Sondheim musicals in 1970 to 1979 or whatever. And it would have like the script. And then I would check out the CDs, aging myself here, <laughs> of, of all of the cast albums. And I would like read the script and like listen to the CD as <laughs> the songs came up. So I knew company from that. And then when I was in college, also at Pittsburgh CLO, the original production of company had four ladies in the ensemble, not even ensemble, they were offstage sort of pit singers called the vocal minority. So when I was at Pittsburgh CLO, they did company and I was one of the four girls who sort of Bobby, Bobby, just like on every uh-huh. song, you yeah. kind of were like filler to enhance the sound. So that production was like Malcolm Getz was Bobby, Leslie Kritzer was Marta. Oh, um, it was Michelle Pock was Joanne. It was like oh, a stellar cast. So I got to just sit in rehearsal and watch it because, you know, we were just there to sing. Um, <laughs> so that was my only experience. I had never, I didn't audition for it and when it was in New York until our production. I remember seeing a cast breakdown and and I saw that they had done it in London and there was a black actress playing Jenny and covering Bobby. And so I emailed my agents and the breakdown was like, everyone must be really funny and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I don't know how hilarious I am. <laughs> I Audition for this. So while I was in Hamilton, I was flying back and forth to New York every, so we would finish our Sunday matinee and then I would get on a seven o'clock flight and be back here oh. and then leave Tuesday at noon. Wow. And I did like 35 times <laughs> while I was in Frequent Chicago. flyer. So one of those Mondays, I got my company audition and um, they knew that I was out of town. So they had me do like all the Jenny material and Marianne was so nice. Like auditioning for her was a dream. She's just so, she just like sits, sets you at ease. And Chris Harper is the kindest, most wonderful producer. I like can't speak highly enough about both of them. And he paid your salary. Yes, he paid my salary. And, um, so I went in and I did all the material and I didn't do a callback. Like I just, and I didn't even do any, any of the Bobby material actually, which I was like, oh, kind of surprised they didn't like ask me to do any of that because I knew the actress that played Jenny in London had covered it. But anyway, I found out I got it like a week or two later and wow. they asked me to cover Bobby and I was like, oh, I don't know, not because I didn't want to cover it, but when you're an understudy, you have to be at so much extra rehearsal. And, you know, with my kids, I'd just gotten back <laughs> from being in Chicago for most of the time. And I didn't want to have to give up all of those days with them. But they were like, well, you have to cover it. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, that was how it all came about. That's really special. And then it was quite a moment when you you did get to go on and the the chaos of, was that Omicron or whatever that was happening? Yeah. yeah. It, well, I mean, Katrina was so solid. She didn't miss any shows other than when she got COVID. Wow. I had no idea it would, it would make as big of a splash <laughs> as it did. Like yeah. theater news wise, it was to me, I was just like, let me learn this part. It's like the biggest part I've ever done on a Broadway stage. So, you know, it took a lot to learn it. So I'm glad I did get to perform it. And I was blown away by the amount of support and just people that came out and articles written. <laughs> I just didn't mm-hmm. expect that. So it was it was very, very cool. I'm sure it was gratifying too, after being in the business for so long. Yeah, it, it was. I mean, and too, it was 
it proved something to myself because I had never done a part that had to wear two microphones, you know, in case, <laughs> in case the one mic dies, you gotta, you, you don't have time to leave the stage and you know, that's how important your role is. Wow. I'd never done a part that was that big. So to get to do it. And my husband was in the show. He was an understudy in the show. My kids got to come see us and he ended up going on for Paul, the, the show that they came to, to see me going for Bobby. So it's not a show I'd recommend for young children, but sure. it just seemed like we had to, we had to have them be a part of that experience. No, that's so special. And yeah. I got to ask, what was your favorite Bobby moment of the night to sing? Uh, I mean, all of the songs are so good. I, I have to be being alive, right? <laughs> I mean, it's the most, one of the most iconic Sondheim songs for the whole journey of the night. But Marry Me a Little is pretty great too. But being alive for me is one. actually easier to sing than Marry Me a Little. <laughs> so yeah. It's a little more, not fun to sing, but a little easier to just let the emotion flow and not worry too much about technique and stuff wow was the rain still a part of it no they cut the rain by the time i was by the time i went on they had to cut the rain okay Okay. why did they cut it do you remember you know honestly of all the shows i've done we had a lot of technical malfunctions and had to stop the show a lot and i think it was because the water was affecting the mechanics or however whatever was it would drain down under the stage but that's where all everything was with the lift and all that so i think it was maybe causing some technical issues so they decided wasn't worth it. Yeah. Yeah. That's that fair. That's fair. It was beautiful, but I yeah. understand. Yeah. Um, gosh, I need you in another Marion Elliott production at some me point. Me too. Oh my gosh. I would love to work with her again. It was so neat. I learned so much working with her too, because she's, I think Company might have been the first musical she's done, or at least on a ma- major so. stage. And it was just so neat to like work on it like a play, especially the way it's structured with, you know, all the scenes are so individual and kind of long, you know, before the songs come in. And so it was so, it just, it made me think of approaching character in a totally different way, like moving forward from that. That's really neat. We're going to jump into other credits in a second, but how did you meet your husband? Uh, We did Late Miss together on Broadway. Oh, Oh, the one with Norm Lewis and, okay. Yeah. Aaron Lazar, right? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Was it Love at First Barricade? Um, actually it was, I mean, we, we got to be really good friends. Our mutual friend, Tomer Wilson, who I'd done Lestat with was like, oh, my friend Jeff got your show. Like he's brand new to the city. He had like got it from like a non-equity open call. Like he was brand new from Kansas. Wow. You know, and he's like, gotta be <laughs> like a big sister, you know, show him the ropes. He's never lived in New York. He doesn't know anything. So, you know, the first day of rehearsal and he's a little younger than me. So I was like, you know, I'm gonna be like a big sister. If you need any help, let me know. I looked at him more like a friend, you know, and that cast, we were all super close and we would play Texas Hold'em poker in between shows <laughs> on two show days. So he was a part of the poker group and we got to like know each other. And I just liked him as a person. I just thought he was such a good person. And then like six months into the run, it started to kind of change and be like, wait, I like you as more than a friend. <laughs> Oh, so, yeah. And here you are, what, 15 plus We're, years? We'll be married 15 years this year, yeah. Wow, oh my God. congrats. I did that math so quick. Oh, my God. Yeah, you did. <laughs> yeah, Dylan, I'm very impressed with you right now. <laughs> I know, my boyfriend thinks I need to take off both shoes to count to 10. So that's, you know, <laughs> that'll be, he'll love to hear that. That's adorable. And and he joined company then when there needed to be like extra coverage, right? Yeah, he okay. had actually auditioned for company Back when I had auditioned for it, he was up for, I think, Theo. He didn't get it, but he had auditioned. And then 
right around we opened like december 8th and right after that people started perishing with covid and they Mm -hmm. realized it was such a guy heavy show because we had a female bobby that they just didn't have enough coverage like just i think we had to cancel a show not even because of covid two people had stomach virus or something and were unable to perform and because of the way the coverage was we couldn't do the show because there weren't enough people to push letters (laughs) in that (laughs) another hundred people number those giant company letters so they were like, we can't have this happen. We need one more body. And you're like, I know a guy. They called it <laughs> and offered him. Like literally we came in on a Saturday morning to rehearse a version of the show that had fewer letters. We, we do like a cut letter version of, of the show if we were really desperate. And when we were at that rehearsal, it was like before a two show day. And the associate director was like, I think your husband's going to be getting a call. <laughs> and I like, him, like, oh, I think they're telling. And then he was like, wait, I'm getting a call right now. So anyway, um, yeah, it worked out for us to be. That's really funny. Yeah. Oh my God. Was, are those the two Broadway shows you've done together? Yes. Or were there any others? In Just there? those okay. two, which I feel lucky that we've even done anything after the first one. Yeah, so. <laughs> sure, sure. Oh, that's Aww. so funny. Going back a little bit, was Aida your Broadway debut? Mm-hmm. Oh my God. And so was this original cast, like Heather was still in it, Cherry Renee Scott, or was this like Tony Braxton vibes? I think it was right after they left. I don't think they left much longer before I went into the show, but I was brand new to the city. And actually my final callback was supposed to be on 9-11, like the 9-11. And I got a phone call or somehow they were like, we're so sorry, but we have to reschedule it for the next day. So they rescheduled my callback for the 12th. And casting director called me that evening and said that I was going to be making my Broadway debut. And I remember I was walking up the stairs to my fifth floor welcome, just like such an emotional like time, you know, we could barely even like get in touch with family to let them know we're okay. I just like collapsed in the stairs (laughs) and like cried and like, so many conflicting emotions in that moment but the casting director is like I normally don't call people but I really wanted to give someone some good news oh that gives me chills Um, oh my god so that's I found out I was I was actually just a temporary replacement because Heather was leaving and they were promoting the standby who at the time was Maya Days to Mm -hmm. play for like four months and then Shelly Williams who's now Broadway director yeah was playing Nehebka and they moved her up to be the Aida standby. So they needed someone to do Nehebka for like four months until Simone, who's Nina Simone's daughter, she played Aida for a while. Oh, what? They wanted her to come in from the tour, but she wanted to play LA or something. So anyway, there was like four months there where they didn't have an Aida for Broadway. So that was how I got to make my Broadway debut. And I was only there for four months. Wow. <laughs> wow. At the Palace Theater, right? Yeah. Oh, that's that's a pretty magical Broadway debut. Yeah. I mean, it was at the time my favorite show. I would like, do student rush and go sit in the front row. I'd seen it like three or four times. So did you see Adina ever go on as uh, I did it with her. Oh, oh she was in it with you. Her. Oh my God. That's yeah. so fun. <laughs> she went in around that same time. Wow. I did it with her and I think Felicia Finley replaced her. Okay. Oh my God. Uh, yeah. What a voice. Yeah. And every hunk in town was in for uh Radames too, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Matt Bogart was the standby at that time, I think, and Will Chase. I worked with oh, yeah. I worked with both of them in understudy rehearsal. I never went on. I covered Aida also, but uh, okay. never went on. But yeah. It was a great group. And then I did the tour for like a little bit. Okay. But. You know, and that's it's been kicking around that, that might that might happen again and, and yeah. I see you as Aida. Oh, I'm too old, but but one of our swings, I think, is choreographing it. One Ooh. of our swings from the original cast, oh, Darrell, okay. Green, who's a very talented choreographer. Yeah. 
Wait, I need yeah. to ask. So fifth floor walk up, first New York apartment, where was it? Hell's Kitchen, 49th and 9th. Oh, love it. I mean, for someone new to the city, it was a great way to like be in the middle of everything. So you're not late to work, but be able to sort of learn the subway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now you did Book of Mormon for like four years, right? Yeah. Were you Nabalungi that whole time? Yeah. Oh my what a God. Fun. So we both revisited Book of Mormon over the last couple of months. I laughed my butt off. It is so funny and so good. <laughs> it is just, what was that time like? You know, Connor mentioned earlier when you were in Hamilton, it was like the craze. And then you said, yeah. Book of Mormon. what was that like? Yeah, Book of Mormon. I think I went in, I went in in 2014 because oh. my oldest daughter was one. It was just so much fun. I mean, if you're going to do any show for four years, let it yeah. be a fun one. <laughs> let it be one that's like sold out all the time and the audience goes nuts no matter what. And like, <laughs> it was just fun. And it, I learned a lot just about how to do a, eight shows a week <laughs> in that run, you know, how to be consistent, how to keep it fresh. Because I really... People are like, oh, how did you do that? And I really had fun the whole time. Like it was just, you know, it feels like such a privilege to get to perform on Broadway. It's something I never take for granted. So I love that. And then also we had so many amazing understudies and the cast was constantly changing over. So there's always something new to like find if you want to, you know, so. Sure. And it also just, like I said, taught me how to like what I needed to do, especially as a parent to keep my voice in shape, just because sleep is such a big part of <laughs> your voice and you just can't get the amount of sleep you need or want to get when you have kids. So it was a good way for me to figure out how do I, I had so many great, I mean, Gavin Creel was elder prize and Nick Rouleau, who I love and Ben Platt was oh, um, elder oh Cunningham gosh. when I first started and Brian Sears. And yeah, it was just a great group. That baptize me number makes me literally <laughs> almost pee my pants. Every time I see it, it is so damn funny. Yeah. They really nailed the, okay, the script is funny, but the songs are also just as funny. There was no like disconnect, you know, like they did such a good job with that. Yeah. What was Promises Promises like? Oh, it was fun. I mean, you know, I'm I'm not a dancer, so that was a bit rough just having to like dance. And it took the Rob Ashford show, you oh, know. Yeah. And once again, it was in the 60s. Uh, the original Promises was around the same time as the original company. And once again, they had these four girls in the pit to like sweeten the sound, which is basically what my job was. There were four of us, but they also <laughs> wanted us to dance. <laughs> So we couldn't just sit in our little closet and sing. We had to like sing and then like run out on stage and like get in the back of these amazing dancers and kind of like try to look <laughs> blend in. Yeah. I didn't realize that Pit Singers was still popular on Broadway. Yeah, I don't. I think the last show I know of, well, I did The Look of Love, which oh. I was a Pit Singer and a standby. Wow. And for that, I think Saturday Night Fever had had Pit Singers because oh. my fellow Pit Singer had been in Saturday Night Fever and we're still good friends. Oh. But I think that might have been the last time that was yeah. wow. a thing. <laughs> but yeah, it was a great, I mean, Sean Hayes is so lovely. Kristen Chenoweth used to like bring boxes full of like clothes or like purses that she'd been given and be like, do you guys want these? <laughs> like, I still have like a purse that she like, she would just bring us all her like celebrity <laughs> leftovers of stuff that she didn't uh, want. And um, it was a great group. I had fun. We mentioned earlier that you kind of like have worked with everybody. Is there anyone that you would get starstruck by? Or do you get starstruck when you're working with these icons? I mean, sometimes I just did a workshop with Stokes oh. and I was pretty like, oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> because, you know, ragtime and I saw him in Kiss of the Spider Woman, even. Oh. It was one of the first Broadway shows I ever saw on like a school trip to New York. And then, of course, Fresh Prince of Bel Air. He was like, 
Hillary's boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> the most I important about that. Credit. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, I can't believe I get to work with Stokes. But, you know, Patti LuPone, that was a big one. She's a legend, uh, probably the biggest musical theater legend, Audra. They're all, um, I, I can't believe that I've gotten to work with all of them. Mm-hmm. And I've learned something from watching all of them perform. Totally. You're their, you're their colleague, though, at the end of the day, you know, so it, it levels you. Oh, my God. The look you know, on your you face never, is cute. I will say you never feel like Audrey McDonald's colleague. <laughs> <laughs> She's like somewhere like above the ceiling of my room. And, you know, you're just trying to like, can I just maybe keep up with you just a little bit? <laughs> no, I can't. But you're still amazing. Like, just, yeah. you know, of all the people, I mean, she's just, she's just in another mm. realm. Yeah. Her ability to access every emotion and sing like she does she's just like yeah. no one else yeah did you meet oh. her in sound of music live no um i actually i think i first met her this was i guess i can talk about this this is like to almost 20 years ago at this point michael john lacusa was doing a sort of newer version of carmen like you know carmen jones is kind mm-hmm. of a it's kind of like that but not that carmen jones it was like a new carmen she was doing carmen and i was doing the it was a workshop or a reading i was doing um Cindy Lou, whoever the young part is. And Carmen Jones, it's Cindy Lou. I forget what her name is in the okay. opera. But um, I was singing that character. So I think that was the first time I ever met her and or worked with her. And I was so nervous. <laughs> but actually, I first met her. I was in college um, and she was doing Marie Christine. And I had done like the Muni, I think, the summer before. And the stage manager from one of my Muni shows was stage managing Marie Christine. So I like made a trip to the city and he somehow got me backstage and I got to go to her dressing room and meet her. And I had a, we took a picture and I had it up in my college apartment. <laughs> the picture of me and Audra and I'm like, oh. And then we were in Porgy and Bess together, right? Yeah, yeah. That's probably so yeah. surreal. Oh my God. I know. Now you you did Ragtime, that concert that was like with the Boston Pops last year, right? Mm-hmm. Was when you first played Sarah and uh-huh. that, right? You mentioned you're going to be doing another concert coming up, but this is Children of Eden. Will you be mm-hmm. singing Spark of Creation? Because I have to say, your version of it is always in my Spotify mixes. It always pops <laughs> up. And it is just amazing. I mean, you absolutely devour it. Will oh, you get to sing you. that in Children of Eden? I will. Yeah, I'm playing Eve and Mama Noah. So in the first act, Spark Creation. Oh, and there's new reprises. <laughs> so, <laughs> what is this concert going to be? It's, it's Manhattan Concert Productions. Like once a year, they do kind of a revival. Like I did the Secret Garden concert with Cheyenne. That was Manhattan Concert Productions. They did like Parade with Laura Benanti and Jeremy Jordan, I think. I think they did Crazy View with Tony Asbeck and Laura Osnes. Like once a year. Mm-hmm. They do. I think they did Joseph with Jessica Bosk. Like once a year, oh, they do. I right? remember and it's that. And Lincoln Center. Yeah. It's at David Geffen Hall and Lincoln Center. It's like a one night only. Do you know who else is going to be in the concert with you? Yeah, Norm Lewis yeah, is playing God, is. fittingly. Oh, yeah, <laughs> of course. Yes. And Donald Weber is playing Kane. The young lady who played Moana in the movies. I'm not sure how to pronounce her uh, name. Owly? Owly? Owly. Yes, yeah. she's playing Yona. She was just in the Mean Girls movie musical. Yeah. She was phenomenal. Oh, really? I didn't mm-hmm. see it. Yeah, it's it's. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, she was really, really great. Wow. Okay, Connor, were there any other credits that you had wanted to to chat about before we moved into our our? I know. I feel like I'm looking at this list. I guess I do want to ask Beauty and the Beast. Maybe it's top of mind because like this new production is coming. But when did you do it? And was the addition of a change in me in the show when you were in it? I I always love the story that they put that in for Tony Braxton and then honestly made like my favorite song in Beauty and the Beast. Like I literally <laughs> listen to it like every week. But um, when did you do it? 
It's a great song. I did it in three different productions. My first time was North Shore Music Theater. Mm-hmm. I think it was 2005, maybe, or 2004, maybe. And then the next summer I did it at Sacramento Music Circus. Same director every time, Glenn Casal, who's so great. And the third time I did it at American Musical Theater of San Jose. And the whole production of that is on YouTube. <laughs> oh, wow. Good to know. Good Actually, to know. When, I was, when I was doing um, Once Upon a Mattress at the stage where I was signing and, and um, my babysitter actually came to see the show. And she was like, you were in Beauty and the Beast with my friend. He played Chip. And he's, you know, this like grown man. And I was like, what? That's crazy. That was 2008. I think that was the last time okay, okay. I did it. Have you Wait, a babysitter so... as in who babysat you or who you who used babysat to babysat? my kids. Oh, babysat kids. Okay, <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> she babysits my kids, like now. Oh, that's so um, cute. She came to the show and uh, introduced me to Chip. Oh, so home, <laughs> home was definitely in it at that point. Or I'm, I'm so sorry, yes, changing me. Changing me. Changing me. Yeah, I did it yeah. every time. Oh, okay. Love, love, love. Wait, speaking of home, different home, The Wiz, you have this incredible album that I mentioned earlier. What brought oh, that about? Because you. You, you first of all picked phenomenal songs to be included. Thank you. Um, I, Yeah, I just, home was a song I just always sung and never got to play Dorothy. It's just, it was like my main audition song for like years when I was in the Dorothy age range. <laughs> I still sing it. I sang it with Houston Symphony last year. I sang it at Carnegie Hall with the New York Pops. I still do it in concert. Uh, to hear it with a symphony would probably be just so epic. Yeah, I love getting to do concerts. And it's like, you know, 80 pieces behind you. Mm. It's, I like it. What label did you do the album with? I self-produced it, actually. Yeah, um, Scott Allen, the composer, hooked me up with this producer, Jamie Ray. He lives in Florida. He works with the Voices of Liberty at Disney oh, World, yeah. actually. He was fantastic. He like got all the arrangements together and like recorded the band and the backup singers. And I went down to Florida and recorded it. But yeah, I picked out all the material and he made it happen. So and your husband, of course, was included on that. Yeah. Is that uh, Light in the Piazza song? Yes. And I just got to meet Adam Gettle because he came to Once Upon a Mattress, Mm. of course, his mom wrote it. And he was so nice and lovely. So that was cool. Did you ever do like an album release concert or anything to sing, sing all the songs? I don't love doing cabarets. I'm like, as I said, I'm still like kind of shy and I don't like talking as myself. Aww. <laughs> also, well, you're doing a great job today. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. It also just gives me Aja to like feel like I have to make all my friends come to a concert so I can sell tickets. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just like all of it just makes me go. Ugh. Do you also <laughs> avoid throwing birthday parties for yourself for the yes. same reason? Okay. Okay. It's all it's all making sense. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> In fact, my birthday was during mattress and I didn't say anything. And my husband texted Mary Mitchell, our music director, so that they would like sing happy birthday to me. And I was like, oh, <laughs> oh that's so fun. That's fun though to celebrate with so many amazing people too. Yeah. Yeah. It was nice. But I'm, yeah, I'm not big on all of that stuff. Oh. Well, happy belated. Thank you. <laughs> mm-hmm. I need to ask before we move on to our closing segment, you have done so much. You've had such an amazing career. What's the dream? Like, what else are you hoping to add to this resume? Honestly, I would love to create a new role, like something that's tailored to me and like how my voice and like all that. I mean, I've had such a great experience replacing, but you know, you're you're filling the mold from that someone else made. So it'd be nice to be the mold and not try to fill someone else's <laughs> mold. Totally. It's as great of a time as I've had with 
all of it. I would love to do something new. I can't wait. Manifesting. It'll happen. It's coming. (laughs) So I teed it up a second ago, but before we say goodbye, we always end on a dose of drama. This could be, you know, a little pop culture recommendation, something you want to rant about, rave about, anything on your mind truly at all. And I'm going to, I'm going to kick it off today because I mean, love it or hate it, Twitter slash X is still a huge part of our lives, but their drag, RuPaul's Drag Race just celebrated, what was it, Dylan, 14 or 15 years? 15 years. 15 years. Just like Nikki and Jeff. Literally. (laughs) (laughs) That's incredible. But, oh my God, there was like a Twitter prompt that was like, what's your favorite obscure Drag Race moment? And the clips, I'm still watching them. This this happened like last week and it's still on my feed, but I think it might be the funniest show of all time. Like these queens are hilarious, whether they're trying to be or not. And I just, I seriously, I'm so grateful that we still have Drag Race because it is funny. So Mm -hmm. anyway. Agreed. Nikki, have you ever watched RuPaul's Drag Race? I haven't. To be honest, it's, it's very fun. You've been a little busy, understandably <laughs> <Yeah>. so. <laughs> do you like? I hear nothing but good things. Yeah. Do you yeah. like like competition reality shows? We watch Survivor, but actually, Love Is Blind is kind of my guilty pleasure. That and like Indian matchmaking. Oh, fun! <laughs> oh, I'm not. I've, I've never I got into that. The Golden Bachelor. I heard um, that was fantastic. It was so sweet. It was really sweet. And they're getting married on television, right? Or they did? They are, yeah. The Golden (laughs) Wedding. Yes. (laughs) Do you think they'll do it again, but a Golden Bachelorette? I hope so. I mean, it was just nice to see these, you know, these people who had like lived these full lives and a lot of them had had marriages and had a spouse pass away. And like, they just don't want to spend the rest of their lives alone, you know? And it's like, it's just, you don't think about senior citizens maybe as much as you should and just like what their life is like you know and just mm-hmm. these people they the people that they chose obviously had so much vitality oh. left in them yeah and it was, oh, it was so much more heartbreaking to like see them you know get not get the rose and like be oh. devastated <laughs> yeah. oh. like, the bachelor himself was like so he didn't want to hurt anyone's feelings like they were all just such lovely people it oh. was really it was just really sweet I know. We had friends that would tell us, they're like, I cry at every episode. Yeah. <laughs> That's so refreshing. I, I definitely think I want to give it a go. Dylan, do you have a dose of drama? I do. I want to follow up on something. So we had Blake Roman, who was in Harmony that just closed um, a couple weeks ago. We had him on. Oh, I did a reading with him last year. So talented. He's a gem. Doesn't yeah. he have a great, like, speaking and singing voice? Like, yeah. it's just very, you know, it's and him when he's speaking. It's you know. sweet energy mm-hmm. yeah yeah well, speaking of his speaking and singing voice he voices a character on this amazon prime animated series called has been hotel and i have not watched like a a series that i just fell absolutely so in love with immediately it has erica henningsen daphne rubin vega christian borrell jessica voss alex brightman leslie kritzer i mean it has so many broadway people oh in my it gosh. it's wild and it was so funny it's musical and blake was in it and he did a phenomenal job it's like eight quick little 20 minute episodes Definitely not for kids, I will say, but it, it's like a grown-up adult cartoon. I recommend it to everybody. And Blake, shout out to you. You did fantastic. Oh, Christina Alabato. Like so many amazing people. A lot of them oh, have done wow. a show as well. So oh, okay. <laughs> Love it. Drama. Yes. Uh, Nikki, do you have a dose of drama? 
A dose of trauma. I just watched this TV show on Netflix and I'm forgetting what it was called. <laughs> it was basically they had twins and they, I heard about they each one twin would do the vegan diet and one twin would do like an, a healthy omnivore diet. And they like tested all of these things. I'm like super into fitness and like strength training. I don't know if you've heard of the term muscle mommies. <laughs> no. <laughs> like, Wait, moms, that's a new term. Moms who lift. So, you know, I, I got into strength yes. training over the pandemic and... I'm kind of passionate about it. I feel like more women should know that like, you don't have to just, you know, do Pilates and try to be like so tiny and, you know, get strong, like yes. gain some muscle and like, it, it's so good for you. Are there like groups for like muscle mommies to like all work out together and stuff? I work out with this woman, Caroline Gervin on YouTube. Oh, oh very good. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this is not an ad or anything. I get nothing <laughs> saying this, but she has these free like 50 day workout plans where she'll just do like upper body, lower body, and she plans it out. So you don't have to like know what you're doing. And there's a Facebook group where everyone like cheers each other on and ask questions and stuff. That's amazing. Because <laughs> so fitness can be such an individualized thing. But my favorite experiences with it have been in group fitness settings where you're not alone. Yeah. You know? I think especially like women in our business are always trying to do like yoga and Pilates, and they don't want to bulk up or anything. Mm -hmm. And I think, don't worry about that, ladies. You're not yes. gonna bulk up. Get strong. But I did hear yeah. about this this Netflix series because obviously Connor and I are yes. twins and people always love to direct us to twin content. All right. Yeah. Now both twins, like how long did they do this study? So it was eight weeks. Eight weeks, okay. And they, they did like a DEXA scan. So they got their percentages of like body fat and cholesterol and like all this stuff, muscle mass. And then they did like brain tests, like how quick they were at brain games. They even did like a sexual health thing where they had them watch. Um, <laughs> some not so clean movies oh and they my. like and they saw their reactions <laughs> and so then they redid all the tests like eight weeks later and the people that had the vegan diet or their brain um stuff was a little better and the people that did the omnivore diet their like muscle mass was a little better so to me it kind of showed huh. that like maybe not to knock anyone's diet but maybe like a healthy mix of both is good yes i don't know yes a muscle yeah. mommy i love I'm that intrigued. <laughs> That's so fun. Nikki, you are such a delight. And I am really, really thankful that you took the time to chat with us today. Where can the people find you online? At name is Nikki Renee Sings on Instagram X, I guess. Now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, threads <laughs> and I'm even on TikTok. I just joined a few months ago. Two Ks, Nikki, R-E-N-E-E, -E, Nikki Renee Sings. Beautiful. Aw, thank you for joining us. Oh, it's my pleasure. Now, while everyone's following Nikki, they've got to follow us. We're at the Drama Podcast. Connor's at Connor McDowell. I am Dylan McDowell. Check out our Patreon. Give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, all of that. And Connor, I will see you next time. Drama. Drama. <laughs>